Hello there, welcome to Poet Waffle episode 12 with me, Daniel Cockrell, where I invite a poet round my house for a chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure uh, to welcome around my house a uh, poet, musician, comedian, uh, live artist extraordinaire, and someone who changed the landscape of poetry in a really beautiful and positive way, uh, Mr. John Hegley. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. Um, yeah, it was quite a complicated phrase you used earlier on about with the, where where the word visceral appeared, yeah, and the, and the gap between, and I think that's maybe referring to, uh, well, Sylvia Plath po- sort of. Po- it makes me think of Sylvia Plath's poetry, and W. S. Graham's poetry, and I suppose my my stuff is maybe more a s- different style of thing, and more sort of um, immediate, sort of ordinary sort, but not to disparage. No, you you know, um, the thing that brought me on to your work when I was, I think I was 17 or 18, I was, I was studying photography at an art college and I was, I was sick one day and I was lying on my sofa and there was no daytime TV in those days, but there was educational programs that used to come on and you were, so it must have been around 92 maybe? And you came on, and I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. And I was just like, wow, that, what is that? And the, one of the phrases that you use that's stuck with me ever since and has um, influenced me was you said, I make the ordinary extraordinary, the mundane magnificent. And that struck with me because my mum was you know, working in a factory making TV aerials. And my dad was a window cleaner and my life was so ordinary. And then when you said that, I thought, okay, I can just take all this stuff around me yeah. and make it very powerful, you know, telling people make yeah. empowered me. And yeah. just that phrase that you said that, that set me off being able to be, oh, I can be creative. I can, I've got something I, that I can say about my own life. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I'm very glad. Um, I'm very glad. Saying that, I think the program might have been called English Time, which right. um, um, I did with Claire Elstow, who then became uh, head of CBeebies. Oh, really? So you might, you might, um, but she now we now do some stuff together again, which is really nice. Um, yeah, what what is one trying to achieve? What is I mean that, that that's what is the aim is. I might have said that's what I'm trying to do. I don't know if I said it. Did I say I'd do it? I'd do it. You know, trying to make the ordinary extraordinary. Oh, trying to, make, oh, trying think, to. But that's the aim. I think you did do it. Right. I think you did do it. For me, because I, I, one of the things I always say, did you know it was what you were doing was going to be so influential or that it was so good? Or did was you just 
did it start from somewhere and you go, okay, I know where I'm going? Or was you just trying stuff out as you went and then it became you know, really successful and, and people started to mimic it and you influenced so many people from other fields, like comedians and... Um, I, it, no, there wasn't what is called a game plan with it all. Yeah. Um, I suppose enjoyment. I was trying to enjoy what I was doing and trying to remain creative. Um, my, my partner, Mel, just in terms of because what you what you was when you started out, it's, it made me think about what what is what are the high goals of this? Yeah. And you said, what's that? Tell, you can tell people what's that web web thing you told me that Instagram thing you just told me about oh, niche, so that cool. people can listen yeah. to this because it sounds like this is in the area of high flown highfalutin. Yeah, it's an Instagram account called Niche, and it mm. gives uh, art. It, it takes an artist every day and take some of their quotes and right. put, puts them out there so you can read them and uh, some you like some you don't but it, it, it's there for you to, and you yeah. go wow a lot of the time you go wow that's a great mm. quote Mel said my partner said to me um, I'm writing some things about the first world war at the moment and um, Mel said to me that that football Mel, Mel hates football yeah. but she said that when they played football the Germans and the English played football against each other uh, in the war, she said, "That is what art yeah. is after achieving." That, um, which is sort of quite a magnificent phrase. Well, she yeah. was saying that. I thought, yeah, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I sometimes say to her, "She's because she's into the sort of art, the, the sort of art that I can't get." Yeah. And uh, I say, "What's that then?" <laughs> and um, but 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 her telling me that because she, she one of the one things he loves is where um, the the chap got the miners and some of the police officers to recreate that what, what's the name oh there? i know the um it wasn't um it wasn't jeremy Della. yes it was and jeremy and, and and and, that, and she said and that's something everybody right, yeah. can get and yeah, it is yeah. an incredible thing yeah and yeah. you might say is that art yeah i love it yeah it's an amazing thing isn't and it? is that poetry I, I, my idea of po I'm very broad on poetry, yeah. so I, I can see a balloon floating off in the air and I go, there's poetry, and it's... But some people say, no, it has to be either performed or in a book, but I, I agree with you. I think it's real poetry, you know. It's a feeling. It's, it comes from the gut and the heart. It probably is, in my mind, isn't intellectualised. It's like, wow, and you're moved in such a way that it changes your perception of the world. And I think when I saw first saw you do it in the early, I was like, wow, that is, that was real art for me. Because it met, I, I always want to experience art, because we didn't have books and cinema growing up, but what we did have music. So I, I always wanted to experience art in the same way I chat with my mates about music. Yeah. Like, or, or how it made, when I yeah. listen to it, oh, that, it sends that tingles up your spine. And I, that's how I want to experience art in all its forms. Yeah. Uh, and if it becomes too intellectualised, I'm always a bit like, oh, I'm a bit bored now. Uh, not that it is boring, but it's it doesn't grab me and make me want to cry or laugh. This Looking at your wall, you've got this um, Matisse. Yeah. That, I mean, that's actually... I didn't realise. Do you know what it's called? The snail. I know, but you it? wouldn't yeah. know it was a snail. I know, exactly, yeah. But then when you're told it's the snail, suddenly you see a snail, which yeah. is... Uh, and also, have you seen right in the top corner, there's a little... Yeah. There is this, it looks like a shape of a snail. Yeah, I've nicked, forgotten that. He's nicked the page 
uh, yeah. when he's taken it off. So. I think he was ill when he did that, and he was directing yeah. people to make it. But one yes. of the things about it is scale. Yeah. That you when you see it, you see it often small, and you don't know how big exactly, it is. Exactly. Yeah. In the book. Um, yeah. yeah. So scale is um, making little things enormous, which is a thing that's often used in art, isn't it? Or making yes. them small. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was my. That's my. Su they studied that in school. That's one of my sons on the uh, fin. I think that is, and I think Bill refused to have his photograph taken in front of it. But they'd done it in school. It's in the Tate, isn't it? It's in the Tate Modern. So one of the things yeah. I'm going to be uh, hopefully doing is taking some. I mean, I do. Lo I, lo I love painting. Uh, I love the, the, the sort of tradition of painting through. Um, I don't really know the old guys, but sort of modern painters like um, like Matisse, Cezanne. Yeah. Um, my favourite is Georges Braque, although Mel yeah. says he was a one-trick pony, not like Picasso, because <laughs> there's people so you know. Um, but oh, you, actually, some of Georges Braque's phrases, he says some amazing things. I, I should have brought some of those along, especially with this uh, philosophical aspect that you've got to all this. Um, but yeah, we're going to take some bits of art into the into the youngsters and work with them, get them to work with them. So that is, a, is would be a, a, a really good piece. It, it, it doesn't have to be painting, but there's so much you can do with that collage because you can get you get for a start you get a making collage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, but I think the scale of it is amazing. So we uh, on our kitchen table, uh, we just put a big roll of paper down with me and my boys. And we just started drawing on it, and it took us all day. It was raining, and uh, and what we what came out was just fabulous, you know. And they took it into school to show everyone, uh, and I was like, "Wow, I, I'm pleased with that," you know, not just you boys. So, and it was the scale of it that never worked on something that was, you know, six feet by four feet before. We're, we're fortunate, aren't we, to have the opportunity with our youngsters to get a lot of creativity going. I remember being very. When I went to the, uh, Isabella, she's 24 now, but when she was little, she went to the place called The Factory, which is a very good uh, place in um, in, in uh, Islington. Yeah. Well, it's actually in Hackney. It's on my side, where I am now. Um, and the, the children all had to do a picture of themselves and just write something, a few words underneath, because they were, didn't have many words. But I realised that some of the kids... Like Bella, we were doing things like that all the time, yeah. but this and they, this was something to take home, and I thought for some of those kids, it's the only thing, it's the only piece of creation they might have yeah, yeah. in their in their home, and that uh, makes me want to do a lot more to make them have two pieces in their home or even three pieces in their yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, um, and a hundred. That was one of the things that came from what after I'd watched your piece from the early 90s on television I'd, I'd had four or five poems of my own that weren't very good and I remember seeing your what you'd written and I thought I got them out again and I phoned up my friend who was at university already I said look I've written these poems and I've read it read them to him over the phone and he said they're really good you should write a hundred of them and that was the thing it was just okay I'm gonna write a hundred now and it was the same with the shows. It was like, oh, let's not just do one show. Let's do a thousand shows. Or don't just write one book. Let's write a thousand books. And it was the same with the kids, as you say, especially with art cuts and schools not working on art in schools as much. 
they they might only have that one piece of creation and yeah. they should have a hundred on their yeah. wall, you know. So this is Monsieur Robinade. So this is what I'm making at the moment. This is Brilliant. what I've been doing with cutting and gluing yeah. uh, at the moment. So brown paper, end papers. So is this a... Not, oh yeah, so this is a printed book from well, it's, something it, you've made. Yeah, made, I, just, yeah. I went down to um, Abdul at the photocopier and he makes them for me. Beautiful. So but I'm still working on getting it right because you can see there I've got to change that. I've forgotten I've got to change that. I actually. love that though. And what's the, um, they got a little blue page that you stuck in there as well. Well that was because that was not quite right so I've just glued that over there. Fantastic. Um, and then oh, there's a little, there's a little cut out and snip man that you actually have to snip out. There's one of the things I'm I'm thinking at most. So a lot of the poems at the moment, that, you know, poetry's become very popular. But there's people editing the soul out of their poems. It's the rawness is gone. And the book you've got there, which is called the what have you? What's the, the Further title? Adventures of Monsieur Robinet. The Further Adventures of Monsieur Robinet. And oh yeah, and I've got, got, you know, got I've, real... I've got I've got I've got see I've showing you this. I've got I've got a right because it's you see I've snipped off. This is Dad's painting. Yeah, yeah. And I've snipped off. 1930, and I've got to, I've got to write the one on. <laughs> but it's what it's got is a real vibrancy about it that you wouldn't get from if you took that to a publisher and they they changed all the lines around and they made it correct because it's like a when we had four tracks in our bedroom and you make you hit a wrong chord or note and it would be on the on the recording and the vocals would come in and out badly mm -hmm. and then you'd have that hiss underneath. It, even though it was very simplistic, actually, it's so sophisticated in the sound. And you, if you try and recreate that in a really posh studio, you can't do it because it, it gets rid of all, uh, all the the love and all the care that's gone into making those. Yes, it's nice when you can do dead posh unposhness and get that right in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that's down to process, some sort of process or production that uh, if you know what you want, uh, it's. Lo-fi, yeah. I think they call it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So let's have a page. Go on, give us a page at random and I'll read something out. All right, then. Um, <clears throat> let's go for 59. Okay. I don't know why. Okay, so page 59 is postage stamps, which I hardly ever read. I survey the pages of the hinged collection once my father's, now my own. Every few years I'll inspect the perforated ranks, but only today do I understand. Only today do I truly receive my father's gift. The penny black has just dropped, and I give thanks. Now I see my grandmother's tongue applying moisture to the glue throughout the ages, and my heart is all a flutter at these paper butterflies. A shame we kept the stamps and threw away the letters. Ah. Which we did. But we did because you think they're going to keep on coming. And, um... Like the paper butterflies, you know. If, you know, you think it, they're always going to be there. You know. Well, paper butterflies—they've right, got, got a good length. They got a good. They got a good lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was only because uh, for some reason lots of butterflies have started to come in our garden, and I was wondering what what we've planted that they've you know, that why they've started coming. Mm. Um, but you know, what, not sure why. Do you want another one? Okay, okay do my Monsieur Robin is very short, so okay. only about twenty six. 26 pages. Okay, the boys are born on the 5th of November, so a 5 or 11. Okay, 5. No, 5 or 11. Okay, what's 11? Well, 11 is a bit. What do you want? Is that or that? 5, 11. 5, 11. Let's go 11. Let's go okay, 11. 11. So this, 
Um, that so I've got some some I'm going to cut some of these out on a sheet because it's expensive to do it colour. Cut some of the coloured things out and put them on a sheet so you can stick them on yourself. Oh, nice, yeah. So that hat, Pam Brabant's from uh, New Zealand, who's just visiting us at the moment, she coloured that in, that, and that looks really good in red. So that is, <laughs> uh, so that's Monsieur Robinet, and he's, he's, washing his, his, uh, he's washing his handkerchief. Monsieur Robinet has a pie beneath his hat, that way it stays hot. In French, Monsieur Robinet a un tout sous son chapeau, comme ça, elle est bien au chaud. And then here is Monsieur Robinet, uh, Chien au Festival. Robinet has put on his official coat because Chirac has won the best dog of the festival, Rosette. Chirac was the one creature to be entered into this short contest, which was adjudged by Monsieur Robinet himself. <laughs> Fantastic. And are people going to be, how many of these copies are they going to sure. make? Not well, sure. I'm doing the Poetry Library in, um, on the 7th of August. Yeah. Um, is this going to be out after that or before? The 7th of August. Now, I'm on holiday for a week, so I reckon it's going to... It might come out before, but I've still got one to put out there, which was, um, you know, from last week. So oh, yeah. uh, probably might I'll try and get it out for the 6th for you, <laughs> so it's there. So, yeah, John is going to be on the Poetry Library for... But you should, they can only fit about 60 in the Poetry Library, can't they? Yeah, I know, but, you yeah. know, we, we, we ain't got anywhere near that. <laughs> It's a bang. Sun, we did a bang said the gun at the poetry library recently this year, and it was really fun. But it was it it sold out really quickly. It was like okay, um, I don't, we didn't know who was coming. Yeah. And when I asked the question, I said, "Who's been to bang said the gun before?" No one. And I said, "Okay, so you must all be members of the poetry." I said, "Who's a member of the poetry library?" No one. And it turned out that forty of these people in the audience were from Canada on an um, exchange um. <laughs> so they just at random picked our night and that's why it's, oh, uh, that, it's really nice uh, when yeah, that happens it was very nice it was a really fun night at the poet now we're almost yeah oh i was going to mention you were saying you're going to in your book you're going to stick stickers on i had there was a photographer let me just look on my bookshelf so i don't get his name wrong oh yeah that's it julian germain uh, was his name and he had a photography book, which he, he took, uh, it was on football. And you remember the old football stickers? Yeah. So all the, all the photographs were actually football stickers that you could stick in the book yeah. yourself. And that was really nice. Wow, well, so. I don't know if there's going to be, did he have glue? No, he, he had, there's no glue. There's a tiny little thing. I didn't stick them in. Is it glued it, on the back. Yeah. You see, that's what I mean about the unposh posh, <laughs> the posh unposh. See, he's having the glue. He's having the glue. Are you losing <laughs> the... What you call lo-fi too much, or yeah, is having yeah, the glue yeah. going with some of the big stuff? No, I think his was proper stickers. Oh, his was pro like like football stickers. Oh, what they are on paper and you yeah, peel them and off. Yeah, you peel them off. All right, yeah. Okay. But you could have you could glue it. Well, you could have your own little prick stick tape to the front. Or, or you can have gluey back though that you lick. <laughs> licking, I think licking is the way to go, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's the sweet glue, which is really oh, nice to lick, isn't Oh, it? no, 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 no. Uh, see, that's too much. <laughs> it adds a calorie of every time you lick it, apparently, so you can oh, live no. off it. I've never heard of that. <laughs> so, it is that it, we are two-thirds of the way through the podcast, and it's now time for the big question. <laughs> 
Now, John, usually a big question could be something like, what is the most valuable thing you've ever lost? Uh, or something along those. But <clears throat> the question that you've gone for is, what makes you happy? Yes. In fairness to myself, you chose it. Because <laughs> um, I, I said, because you have a look. So, but I did, it did, I, I mean, I, and as I said to you before we started, I thought, before I knew that you were going to ask me when we were together. Right. Actually, I quite like, I like the what, what have you, what's the most valuable thing you've lost? You can answer that one well, as well. Well, well I mean, it's, a, a, one loses, you, one loses a certain innocence, doesn't, one it's that, it's the rose, it's the rosebud thing, which is the one most wonderful thing. Um, it, well, not to give the Wayne game away because people, or the Waymer game, because people might not have seen that film, but that film, Citizen Kane. Right. Which I don't, I've, I, do you know what? I haven't seen it all the way through. Because, yeah. yeah, well, that, that is what that's about. Okay, so um, what's the question? What makes you happy? Being with my family, going to France, dance. So I have written this beforehand. <laughs> Knowing those who wish to enhance the circumstances of those with fewer chances, not necessarily my family members. A cash advance when badly needed, a flower bed to be weeded, the trance of creation on occasions, W.S. Graham's adjectives for the sea, Kiwi Bonhomie, the new cafe over the road from the station in Doncaster, retro is not always my thing, but the way those women do it, it is, <laughs> a decent curry, decency in general, the glancing header into the net which, which makes the games back, the glancing header into the net which makes the game back on, and the improbables again a possibility. Needs work. Amazing. No, I love it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, anyway, but essentially, I'd lose the line about the family, uh, not necessarily my family members, and I'd say that last line correctly. And what I love about it for the listeners is that you, when you got into my kitchen, you were still cutting and pasting this with uh, scissors and my my boy's put stick. Yeah, and um, you have to write the question on that little bit of green, which I, I hadn't thought it. of before, I'm doing because you now. asked it. What makes you happy? And it it could have been it could have been um, you know what makes humans in general happy, or as you say, what makes Johnny Flux. Do you know Johnny Flux yes, Punk? Yeah, in yeah. one of his episodes, he marvelous work. He listed what you can, what you can get for free. Not football player. Possibly. <laughs> Well, you can get for free. Well, yeah. you can get for free. And he yeah, had a whole list of... Because uh, he was a real train enthusiast as well. So, uh, he, Oh, I, said, I, he, I sang it. Him and his son listened to me singing. I didn't know that, singing my song about train spotters. I didn't know that. So he told the story about in the old cabins, the toilet door was a, was a lock for the, for the carriage. So he stole the oh, key from... The, and so when he went to gigs, he would sleep in... <laughs> In the depots, in the carriages, and then when Amazing. before before yeah. before they uh, came in, he would lock up again and leave, <laughs> which was incredible. You know, knowledge to have because he so he was a real you know. Once somebody told me and my friend, and I think I can't remember if it was Tony Curtis or Barry Parsons. I think it was. To, what? But that we were. Was it? We were on Reading Station. Was it? Oh, no, Birmingham Station. I think it was it Barry Parsons. Anyway, he said, he said, uh, uh, "You got anywhere to sleep tonight, you lads?" 
And we said, no. And he said, yeah, I'll tell you what. He said, I've got the, you can go in that crane up there. You see the cabin. You can climb up that ladder and you can sleep in the cabin. I don't, don't think we had to have a key, but he said that it, the cabin of the crane was, you could sleep in it. And did you do it? No. <laughs> he said, no thanks, I'll sleep, on, I'll sleep on this bench here. So yeah, no, so it, yeah, he, he had some really incredible stories of what you could get for free. Mm-hmm. So um, there's your poem back. Thank you. Of uh, what makes you happy. Um, the other thing I wanted, when you were growing up, did how did you know that this um, uh, this world existed, or did you just find it? Uh, was like, there a local theatre? Um, well, Dad was a painter. Dad did right, that yeah, art. Yeah. Dad did those. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and microphone there. John's um, John's um, batting the microphone with his pads. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Yeah, didn't know, I didn't know the microphone was there. I thought it was over. I thought oh, it was speaking really? over yeah, here somewhere. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's tiny. So your dad was dad a painter. Dad did painting. Dad read me stories. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have many books. I heard Hilaire Belloc by, uh, by, uh, by, by my teacher, Mr. Brennan. He read that to me, and I thought, this is amazing. Tarantella. Yeah. Um, loved books. Slow reader. Went to the library. Became a shelver, very tedious work, but still good to be among the books. Um, secondary school, not so good there. Didn't do very well there. Didn't find very much, not much discovery. Uh, then went to Bristol when we moved. Then had Mr Smart, amazing English teacher, gave us Hopkins and Hardy and passion for literature. And started writing a few things myself. Um, and Martin and I, we were in a group, we made a group called Squash Deerwig and Martin and I played at Glastonbury this year in the poetry tent and that was lovely there. And, um, but I suppose a curiosity, I suppose I have had a curiosity within me um, and that has been a fortunate thing. That is, that's probably, if I were to say what is the thing that has helped me, it's been that. Yeah, yeah. And that helped you to find. Did you start doing things on a on a comedy circuit first, or was wherever you? Uh, singing was always first. Singing's yeah, yeah. always been the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the words in the singing is important. But I think what if you you know why it's it's going to be better on average if you sing it. It's going to be. Um, and if you can dance to it, even better. <laughs> That's where we go. I need a, you know, and I say, yeah, I've got to work on that. <laughs> After we, I, but I, I remember being in the dance tent at the, at the Big Chill. Not the dance, the poetry tent in the Big Chill, but it was next to the dance tent. So it was an impossible task. So everyone who got up was completely drowned out by this thumping music and you are the only one who got I think you had a 15 minute set and you just danced for your 15 minutes through it all and it was just a beautiful thing and I thought well that is what everyone should have done because it was like well no, we can't hear the words your rhythm's completely out and uh, you done a yeah you done an amazing job of turning something that was a disaster into well Adrian Mitchell says about the words dancing <clears throat> Uh, the words are dancing. Here come the poetry police. And yeah. you now, because yeah. Celia asked me to, to get in touch with you, as you yeah, know, because yeah. you'd said stuff about Adrian. Yeah. I don't know. So what had you said about Adrian? 
Well, on here, or I don't know. Like, no, but you've written something. But she said, "Get old." Can you get older? The bang, the bang people. They've said nice things about Adrian. I, I think we all, me and Martin, are always talking about Adrian, and we've we've spoken about Adrian on this podcast quite a lot to say there was you know for, there was you and Adrian that made me realise what I wanted to do in the world, and so there was you in '94 at the the Gardener's Arts Centre, which was the first time I'd been to a theatre apart from pantomime. And that was like, okay, this is, this is a really great thing. And then I saw in 96, I saw Adrian at the Brighton College there. And I didn't know who he was, but he was on for an hour and I was completely blown away. I was crying, I was laughing. And then I realised, I don't know what he did, but I want to do what he did. And then I just started to read all his things and find out about him. And um, that must have been, yeah. That it must have got back to her that we, uh, that he was a massive influence on, on what I've been doing. And Bang said the gun wouldn't exist if it wasn't oh. for you know Adrian, or yourself, or for any of those people that really changed the landscape in some way. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing Adrian knew the talks poems of D, uh, for D. H. Lawrence, uh, but he loves animals in his work. Um, baby tortoise four four eight. Probably take us. We won't. We won't get it all in, but we can have a bit, can't we? Well, I'll go. Yeah, we'll be okay. There's no set length. Baby tortoise. You know what it is to be born alone, baby tortoise. The first day to heave your feet little by little from the shell, not yet awake and remain lapsed on earth, not quite alive. A tiny, fragile, half animate bean. To open your tiny beak mouth that looks as if it would never open like some iron door. To lift the upper hawk beak from the lower base and reach your skinny little neck and take your first bite at some dim bit of herbage. A lone small insect. Tiny bright eye. Slow one. To take your first solitary bite and move on your slow, solitary hunt, your bright, dark little eye, your eye of a dark, disturbed night, under its slow-lid, tiny baby tortoise, so indomitable, no one ever heard you complain. You draw your head forward slowly from your little wimple and set forward slow dragging on your four pinned toes, rowing slowly forward, whither away, small bird. Rather like a baby working its limbs, except that you make slow, ageless progress and a, ma and a baby makes none. The touch of sun excites you, and the long ages and the lingering chill make you pause to lawn, make you pause to lawn, no, make you pause to yawn. We'll leave it there, <laughs> on the lawn, yawning. Beautiful. And just remind the listeners... That's, that's not the end, D.H. Yeah, it goes on. Baby Tortoise. And you, even though this is called Poet Waffle, you're the first poet, uh, and this is episode 12, to snuck in poems on the, hmm. on the thing, which is great. It's, hmm. a, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, that's it. We've done, we've done Poet Waffle. Was it okay for you? Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, John Hegley. Um, you can see John... Do you have a website or anything? Yes, yes, johnhegley.co.uk. At the beginning. Wuh, wuh, wuh. And that will list everywhere people can see you. And, of course, they can buy your books mm. in the bookshop. Uh, anything else you want to 
uh, recommend to people of what you're up to? Um, well, uh, no, you've, you've covered, covered where it. there's things. And if you're lucky enough, I know John does really brilliant little workshops with kids and things sometimes and goes to the, 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 the farms and things like that. If, if they, They're beautiful to see. So if you've got kids and he's doing one of those, I'd highly recommend uh, you take them along. But thank you so much, John. Um, lovely seeing you. Uh, you've been listening to Poet Waffle and we'll see you again next time. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell, original concept by Jack White, music and audio production by Julian Ward, artwork by Damien Wayhill and technical support from Laurie Eaves.